That's true. Tag it on here. We also make it where it's organic work, like, um, some podcasts where they're just, like, talking when they start recording, and you don't know what they're talking about, and you start guessing, and it's always really dumbass shit, and you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? And they're like, oh, by the way! <laughs> hey, guys! It's us! <gasps> I peaked. <laughs> uh, clipped. I clipped. Sorry. You haven't peaked yet. That's coming in about four episodes. <laughs> oh! So quick! It's like my first husband. <laughs> Welcome to the inaugural episode of Too Close to Home. I'm Jen. And I'm Becky. And it's another true crime podcast. Just another one. Oh, it's the best one. It will be. I mean, so let's start off with this. Little forewarning. We both are, uh, we have terrible sense of humor, like morbid, dark humor. (laughs) We uh, like to joke about things that we don't necessarily probably should joke about, but those are our coping mechanisms. Uh, some work, offensive humor. Yeah, some offensive humor. So if you get offended easy, if you're a snowflake, this is not the place for you. You can just go. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. There's other podcasts out there. Not as good as this one, obviously, no. but, but there's other ones. Yeah. But uh, there's going to be a, a lot of terrible language. There's going to be a t- yes. lot of tough subjects. Because, like, two sailors who just got off of uh, six months out at sea and were at the bar for the first time. It's mm-hmm. bad. Like in... Like an Okinawa or something. <laughs> like getting real wild. That's that's too far back. <laughs> too far back? Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, a lot of this comes from uh, one one background which we share in common is both of us have worked in law enforcement, not as traditional deputies and <laughs> detectives, although we are armchair detectives of the we best are. variety. I was an administrative I was a nurse at uh, a jail in Florida and two prisons, and then moved to Texas, and I am currently still a nurse at a jail in Texas. I did traffic tickets for about six years in a uh, speed trap in the middle of Georgia, so if you've been through Georgia on a highway and got a ticket, I guarantee you I might have processed it at (laughs) one point. Uh, (laughs) But these backgrounds had had us get in touch with a lot of Faces and people that you probably normally wouldn't do and uh, really opened and expanded our lust and love for true crime. Yes. But it really did start way before then, you know. It touched both of us, I think, at a really early age. And we wanted to share those stories today just as a little intro to what our podcast is going to be like. But these are more uh, personal and deep deep things yes and hence the name too close to home my um instance was during the summer so i used to go to my mom's work it's too young to stay at home and she was a preschool teacher so myself and another co-worker's daughter would go there and uh it was next to a military base so we could go on there and do things bowling whatnot so this particular day we're at the playground like 1952 you went bowling I know, right? <laughs> it was a dollar, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Drink myself. A bargain. <laughs> did, you, did you play bingo afterwards? No, we were too for that. We were, we were underage for that. No, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so we're at the playground swinging, doing our thing. and uh, As one does. All of a sudden, this dude just, like, pops up out of nowhere. And there was a military housing right behind there. And he asked us if we want to make five bucks. 
And that's five games of bowling, okay? I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> You're thinking long game, okay? <laughs> he wanted us to come get a fish tank out of his car and leave it on his friend's front porch. It was going to be a surprise. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to have anyone carry my fish tank, it's going to be two <laughs> eight-year-old girls just hanging out on a playground. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, my mother had taught me stranger danger, and red flags immediately went off that this is not right. As all children of the 90s, you know. Right. So we politely declined, but he, at this point, he was seen in a pretty good length away from us, and we're still just swinging. We're like, no, bro, we're good. And uh, he kept kind of walking towards us, so we got off the swings, and we're like, eh, kind of walked away, and he just kept on insisting, you know, oh, it's a surprise. I just don't want him to know it's for me. Well, he proceeded to get closer and closer, so then we just turned around and hauled ass, and we ran around the back and went to the building, and we're, like, crying hysterically when we get in there telling our parents, and, uh, you know, they're kind of treating us like we're drama queens at first, and they come outside, and they're like, we don't see anybody, like, I don't know, are y'all sure this happened? Which I'm like, I, I just told you a whole story, like, how do you think I just sat out there and made it up? <laughs> but there was nobody out there. And so they looked around, and as they approached where the woods were, a car sped out of the woods and drove past them. And then they looked at us like, oh, shit, this really did happen. So as you can tell, I can't imagine that he truly had a fish tank out there that he wanted us to take. He, I'm I sure your mom was about to die because that's the Adam Walsh era, you know? It is, like, yeah. He's already, like, out. that Everybody knows about Adam Walsh and him being stolen and, you know... Uh, what's it? America's uh, his dad. Uh, America's Most Wanted. Yeah. yeah. So like, just the thought that that's possible. You don't ever think it happened. Well, to you, you know, during that time, uh, late eighties, early nineties, shit wasn't on TV like it is now. No. You know, it wasn't all in your face. And if it didn't happen in your area, you didn't see it in the newspaper or the local news. You didn't know what happened. So, you know, I look back now and I understand why my mom was like, when I first came in, did that really happen? Because you know. That was the time when the Adam Walsh stuff was happening and it was becoming more aware that it happened regularly, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just kind of what, like, piqued my interest. Not at that age, obviously, as I got older and you become more aware of what's going on around you, the people around you. You either want to know more about it or you go away from it. And I wanted to know more about it and more of the minds of people that would want to do something like that, you know? Knowledge is power. The more you know, the more you can... Be, yeah. Yeah. And be aware. Especially when you have kids and then being women, like, you're already two seconds for being trafficked. Okay? Yeah. And you know, that kind of, that incident kind of set a precedent in my life from there on out. Like, I kind of looked at the world different. Like, when I went to bars and things, I always assumed somebody was trying to put a roofie in my drink or they yeah, were trying to, to do day, something. Like, I remember when we went out and you were very steadfast about keep your hand of your drink. Keep your hand of your drink. Because yes. we were in a bar that Alicia took us to. Yes. And uh, we were drinking, and it was kind of like a biker bar kind of place. Well, and she kept setting the damn drink down. I know. Like, on the dance floor. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? We're about to die today. And she yes. kept like, like, put your hand over that drink. Put your hand over that drink. And I'm like, I love this vibe. <laughs> I'm here for it. And, you know, sometimes I look at it, I'm like, my whole view of the world is a bit skewed because... I anticipate that everybody has an ulterior, our, 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 you know, ulterior motive. There we go. Yeah. That there's some kind of evil like behind dick, them. My dyslexia. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which, you know, it kind of sucks when you look at the world that way. But then again, 
I feel like I'm also always prepared for some bullshit someone might try to pull up on me with, you know? Like, I, I wish, wish I could live where I thought everything was fucking flowers and everybody was sweet and nobody was Could evil. you imagine to live in an era, era where, like, everybody left their shit unlocked? Uh, no, I can't even imagine it. Like, bruh. Okay. Not even. Imagine a little bit. I was walking my fucking dog last night and some guy got out the car and, like, walked around by the front of my apartment where my door was and I'm like I ain't never seen this man before what's he doing and then all of a sudden motherfucker pops up from behind me he went all the way around the apartment building and I was like oh whoa hey and then he walks back and gets in the car they turn around and he gets back out I went into my house locked all the doors and then told my husband you need to get out of the shower because there's some sketch people out here and, you know, I don't know what might go down and he literally just looks at me like he knows there's no point to even try to, like, argue back or make any sense. He's like, all right, babe, I'll just get out in case some shit goes down. <laughs> I was walking in downtown Augusta at night one time, and it was me and another girlfriend, and we were walking, and this guy was behind us. And we were walking towards, like, the water. There's, like, a river right there, and we're walking that way. And this guy is walking behind us, and he's getting closer. And I keep leaning back, like, turning around and looking like, what? <laughs> Bruh. What the... <laughs> I ain't getting murked today. And he today. finally goes, I just, I'm staying at the hotel. I was just picking up my dinner. <laughs> he knew I was clocking him the whole time. Like, sir, I'm not dying today. No. <laughs> I'm on Chinese TV. He probably did too. <laughs> He's like my wife. Habitual. <laughs> and Jennifer also had a story that was a little too close to home for her. Yeah. So, uh, as a kid, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, and I was probably around mm, seven, eight, somewhere around there, and this girl went missing, and her name was Maddie Clifton, and a couple days later, comes out, she was killed by a neighborhood boy. He had hit her in the head with a baseball bat, and then hidden her underneath his waterbed, hmm. and Kept her underneath his waterbed for a couple days until his mother found her mm. deteriorating and, you know, yeah, decomposing. Smell. Yeah, And uh, that little girl, Maddie Clifton, is actually related to me. And I was talking to my mother about this last night, actually, because I wanted to know more because I was so young at the time. And I do remember things about it, and I know about the, the case itself. And I said, hey, did I ever – did we ever meet each other or anything? Because obviously – I don't remember it. And she goes, oh, yeah, a family reunion. You guys were the same age. Oh, wow. Your grandfather had the worst time because when he saw a picture of her, he automatically thought of you. And, you know, I grew up one of four girls, so our parents just kind of held us a little bit closer after that. And to know it was just like a neighbor boy right down the street. I remember going down my neighborhood, and it was right off, like, this main boulevard. And they had this massive funeral. And my dad went to the funeral, but, you know, as Southerners, I guess they just don't want kids at funerals, <laughs> even though it's a kid's funeral. I don't know. I was like, this is on theme, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but her, you know, the whole uh, procession of the hearse and everything coming down as they were going to go bury her, it was just surreal. And then to come and find out that, you know, the kid that killed her had a really messed up childhood his dad was severely abusive he had said it was an accident i don't know if it was necessarily an accident i think the kid had anger issues and the house was so disgusting 
that it took a while for the smell of a decomposing body oh, to overwhelm the smell of the rotting stuff in the house. Wow. And another six degrees of separate, whatever that is, of separation. <laughs> this lady I worked with, her sister was married to a JSO officer, and they had been searching that neighborhood for days. And the mom came out and tapped her on the shoulder and said, I need you to come inside my house right now. And so he walks in, and she takes him in there and shows him the body of Maddie Clifton. And it was just like, and that's my first real, like, this is legit. Like, your parents would always tell you, like, you could get stolen. and da-da-da-da. Right. But you, it happened. It happened to somebody. And they right. Did right down the street, somebody she knew. And he killed her. He killed her. That kid's still in prison. Um, he's not a kid anymore, obviously. But as I got older and I started working, you know, in law enforcement support and everything, I'd also work for the courts. And I remember being just so enthralled. These ladies would send me back to the file room like it was punishment to file all their <laughs> shit. And I was like, bruh, you don't know you don't mess up. I'm looking at all these murder cases. I oh, yeah. see all the photos. There was all sorts of things. And I just was hooked. Yeah. Like, I needed to know every. I needed to know why, who, how. There's yeah. so many questions. All the questions. Every question. It's like a puzzle. I'm putting it together. And I already love puzzles already. Like, I'm a nerd like that. So when it's things like that, I, I'm the same way. Like, even when you have all the pieces, it's like, I still don't have all the pieces because why did you do this? Why does your brain work this way? Yeah. You know, and when I was at one of the prisons in Florida, I was in the mental health dorm. So these were some guys with some serious mental issues. And some of them were in there for dumb things and some were in there for some pretty serious crimes. And it was just fascinating to hear their thoughts and their rationales and their reasons and all of that. And, you know... Sometimes you're trying to make sense of a senseless thing, you know? Did you ever ask them what their dreams were? Um, they would just, they, we had mental health meetings and they would talk about all those things. So really? you would hear about them, yeah. I had one, one time, it was a trustee and he was from Chihuahua, Mexico. And he was a federal inmate. And I remember asking him, I said, one day, if you ever get out, what do you want to do? He goes, I've always dreamed of going to Colorado. Oh, and I was like, okay, that's, that's your dream? He goes, yes, I've always wanted to go. It just sounds so beautiful. <laughs> and he had like a little tear in his eye. And I was like, you know, yikes. I wow. want to retire in Colorado one day. <laughs> Maybe not anymore. <laughs> same guy, same guy. Uh, he would take trash bags and then weave them into crosses. I still have one. <laughs> And I'll be auctioning that off later. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so now you guys know mine and Jennifer's a little bit into our minds and uh, why we are so interested in this and chose this as a hobby to do. Um, we also like to talk about creepy ghost stories. Oh boy, do we have them! Urban buddy. legends, cryptids like um, Bigfoot and the Yeti and the Mothman. <laughs> And Candyman. And Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> the old hook man. Uh, but we, we'll be doing, like, you know, regular uh, true crime. And then as palate cleansers, yes. you know, we will love to talk about some of our other hobbies that, you know, are gruesome and terrifying. And that's why we probably don't have a lot of friends. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and we hope to hear from 
listeners and hear of your too close to home stories yes or your urban legends in your town because they're different everywhere and you know you always have like an urban legend that may be similar to like someone else's somewhere else but it's always so fascinating to hear different towns because you know oh yeah you have different culturals different culturals different cultures <laughs> different ways you grow up so culturals. Your, your urban legends tend to like i've heard some urban legends from louisiana that are like really oh yeah that'll like blow your mind and you know there's a lot of people down in the swamps and the cajuns see that's what i love about louisiana though because everything is so wonderful <laughs> i went to minnesota and the most exotic thing that they had that was unexplained was there was a fence, and on every pole was a pair of, like, a shoe or a boot on the pole. And I asked every damn person, and so did my relatives while we were visiting for this wedding, why did you guys do that? And they were like, I don't know. Someone just started doing it, and then we just kept it going. What in the white people? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's the most white person thing I've ever heard. Like, I don't know why we're doing it, but while, meanwhile, Louisiana, we out here got voodoo and shit, gator princesses and stuff living in the swamps and moon nose legs. Got widgets. Oh, and I and love shit. some voodoo. Oh, oh, I love some voodoo. Maybe, and then one day, our dream, you guys, one day our dream is to take this on the road. Oh, yeah. 100%. Live shows. Go around to where that. Urban legend of the Gator Princesses. The Gator Princess. I'm a Gator Just Princess. Saying. High hopes, y'all. <laughs> High hopes. I'm gonna make my mama proud. <laughs> Probably would make my mom proud. <laughs> She's always proud of you, Becky. <laughs> so that's just kind of a quick synopsis of why we want to do this and who we are and what we're about. I should probably tell you too. We are wives and mothers, so you'll probably hear stories too about us. Talking some mad shit about our family. Yes. I mean, 100%. I love them. adore them very much. But so much. We will talk trash, too. Because <laughs> that's who we are. Love we have, you know, we have daughters. She has sons. Two handsome young men. And uh, we have our nerdy husbands who uh, play D&D together. Yes. You heard it. Correctly. <laughs> it's still around. <laughs> It's not just a fad, but, uh, and we out, bitches. We out. See you guys next time. <laughs> if you like listening to us, you can find us on Facebook at Too Close Pod or under the Instagram handle Too Close Podcast. Also, if you have any stories of your own Too Close to Home experiences, shoot us an email at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.